But now it's my honor and privilege to introduce Lori Orender. Come on down. Lori doesn't need huge introductions, so I'm not going to give her a huge introduction because more than introduction, she'd like those last three minutes to be able to speak. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Lori is a close friend and a woman with passion for Jesus, and her heart comes out, so let me just pray for her. God, thank you for the passion that you've put within your daughter. I ask that you would light her on fire and let the um, glory of Jesus burn before us, that we might look to him and honor him and give our lives away in his service. So fill her again with the Holy Spirit, I ask, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Randy. Yeah. Thanks for the three extra minutes. Thank you. It's so good to be uh, with you all today. Uh, I know that this church has been going through um, a, a series called The Ascents, right? The Psalms of Ascent, Songs of Ascent. And I like the byline because it says, I don't know if you can see it in the tiny print, journeying towards God together. Am I saying it correctly? Journeying towards God together. Today we're going to talk about the together part of that. And the fact that God is always, of course, drawing us up higher. And as we go, the beautiful gift that he gives us is that we get to do it together. In fact, I'd like to propose to you that it's actually hard to go by yourself. That he designed us not to do life alone, but to do life together. I'm sorry, I'm popping. Logan, can I help you? Can I pull it down? There you go. So... My heart today is that you all probably know that. That's why you're here today. We love doing life together. And today I'd like to take us just to maybe the next step in that, which is as you are thankful for people that are doing life with you, can you think of sometime in your life, in your journey towards God, where somebody came alongside and you realized that their coming into your life helped you get closer to God? Can, can anybody think of somebody in your life, like you're just thankful for some people that came around at some point in your life when only God could have done that, right? Like I needed that person or that group of people at that time to come alongside. Everybody? Yeah, I think that's the way that it kind of works, doesn't it? So today we want to stop and give thanks for that, but we also want to encourage you that there is an intentionality and maybe an awakening for us today to say, who is, who is on the fringes and who is out there that needs somebody to come around them and say, hey, want to come up closer to God with me? Or, hey, want to come go get coffee with me? Or, hey, I'd just like to get to know you. Could we just, like, hang out? Somebody that, would might, somebody that might need somebody like you to possibly say, hey, I see something in you. Could, I just love to get to know you a little bit more. So what we're looking for today in my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would come and burn in our hearts a desire not only to travel together and be together in community, but for us to actually have our eyes opened for those in our spheres of influence who might need somebody to come alongside and say, would you like to come with me? Today I get to talk about something I'm most passionate about, and that is making disciples through mentoring relationships. 
And before you check out, a lot of people say, oh, making disciples. You know, that's for the missionaries. That's for those who test really high on the scorecard for evangelism. And that wasn't me. But no, actually, God said it to all of us when Jesus said, now you go and you make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That's the coming around. And lo, I am with you always. And that is the with of God as he invites us to come with him to invite others into this thing that we love about following Jesus. Now, that's my heart today. That's where we're going. Um, I would like to also say to you that discipleship, sometimes we think of it in a box, like it needs to look like this. So today I'd like to explode all your boxes and say that there's so many ways that we can invite people into discipleship just by being their friend, just by spending time with them. Does that make sense? So in other words, anybody can do it. You don't need a full knowledge of every word of the Bible. You don't have to have a theological degree. You don't even have to have all the answers. You just have to be able to say, I know who does, and be able to take them with you when you go find out. Make sense? For example, the person and people in my life that discipled me and mentored me the most were my parents. Now, not everybody was brought up in a Christian home, and that's fine because, praise God, he made a family for all of us. But I happened to have two amazing people help raise me and mentor me. And one of my earliest memories is when I was like five, six years old, and I'm sitting on the front row of my grandparents' church where my grandfather was the choir director and my grandmother played the organ like for over 30 years. So I saw faithfulness modeled. And I remember that day, my mom was singing. She has this amazing gift of the Lord, like a voice and an anointing from the Holy Spirit that when she sings, like heaven comes down. And she was singing a solo that day. And I remember sitting on the front row and I was just watching her and I thought, I wonder why she has her eyes closed. And I thought, wow, is she crying? I thought, why is my mom crying while she's singing? And I was like paying attention to what she was singing. And I thought, this is, oh, she's singing I'd rather have Jesus. Than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. This world affords today. I guess I grew up to be like my mom. <laughs> I remember sitting there thinking, oh, she's not singing to me or anybody back here. She's just singing to her Jesus. And I remember thinking, oh, whoa, mom, you must really love him. And do you really mean that, Mom? Like, like you'd rather have him than, than anything? Like, than anything? And I remember thinking, I, I, I trust you, Mom, and I know you, and if he's that wonderful, then I want to know him like that. Like, I just set my heart that day to say, God, I want to know Jesus like that. I, I want to love him like that. And that began my own journey. 
of wanting to know Jesus the way that my mama knew him. See, in that day, my mom didn't sit me down and we didn't do a Bible study and she wasn't teaching me about discipleship or anything. She wasn't teaching me. You know what she was doing? She was just loving Jesus and burning with a fiery passion for him. And as her flame got higher and higher and higher, I was drawn to her in relationship until I caught on fire. And that, I believe, is the perfect picture of discipleship and mentoring. And that the best thing that you and I can do is to actually fan into flame and tend the fire of our own personal passion for Jesus so much that we burn like a fire so bright in this dark world that people come up and they go, why are you burning? Well, what's up with you? Like, like, like why are you so happy and when everything's not going so well? Like, why do you have a peace when everybody else around you is not so peaceful? Why are you burning? See, and then you get to say something like, I am so glad you asked. Like, would you just like to, like, grab a cup of coffee? I'd love to tell you my story. We're going to put some burgers on the grill on Saturday. Would you like to bring your family and, and come over and, uh, and we could just share Jesus? I'd just like to tell you my story. I'd like to get to know more about you. Tell me about your life. And we begin this thing called relationship, which I would like to propose is a bit of a lost art in today's society. And I mean that in a good way. You see, I think that in, in, if you were to use my definition, discipleship is simply raising up burning ones for Jesus. You tracking with me? To disciple someone would be to raise up someone who is burning with love for Jesus. Because then they're going to want to read their Bible. They're going to want to do the disciplines. They're going to want to pray because they love him. So the goal of discipleship is to raise up burning ones for Jesus. Now, let's take it a step further. How do we best disciple? I believe the best way to disciple is through mentoring relationships. Because then mentoring is actually coming close enough in relationship that the other person catches on fire. Do you see the difference? This is how we're going to make disciples. It's like contagious. You guys know more is caught than taught. Let our fires burn. I've had so many, some people praying over me this morning, songs we sang, even Randy prayed it. Let the fires begin to burn today, guys. Let's fan into, in fact, let's just pray it right now. Holy Spirit, would you just come, would you fan into flame the fire of love that we have for Jesus? Right now, Holy Spirit, come baptize us again in the Holy Spirit and fire that we would love you with everything in us. And Lord, I just pray right now that as we burn for you and we fan those flames into fire, Lord, that people would be drawn to our flame, that we would arise and shine for truly our light has come. And the glory of the Lord truly does shine upon us. In this dark world, we thank you that you have given the answer in Jesus' name. You guys, you know this is how we're going to change the world. Did you know things actually aren't exactly as they should be? That's the bad news. The good news, God has a plan. And the good news is that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom of God as it advances with his people and his spirit inside of them, loving one another well as we go. This is how we're going to change the world. So, for the last, yeah, can you help it? Hang on one second. 
Oh, I wondered what it was. Um, thank you so much. Okay. Earring malfunction. You know, it's hard to be a girl sometimes. Okay. This will be better. Thank you. Is it better? Yes. I just can't sit still. Okay. Okay. So I've been mentoring and making disciples through mentoring for over 35 years. People say to me, Lori, what do you do? I'm like, um, I get coffee and ice cream for a living. So this is why I'm passionate about it, because I've seen the fruit. I've seen how seeds that were this tiny have grown into massively big trees. One of the groups that I am still currently working with was a Thursday morning group that I started about nine years ago. And I saw these young mamas, they were having their babies and they got little toddlers and they got one on the hip and one on in the womb. And they're just like, how do I love my children? <laughs> Much less, how do I love my husband? That, I think that's what I call him, it's just my husband. And I'm just like, oh man, I know what, what you're going through. I have been there. You know, and I, I just like to kind of stop the story for a second and say, have you ever thought that? Like, I know what they're going through. I've been there. Have, has anybody ever thought that? Like, oh, if you only knew now what I, if I wish, has anybody ever thought, I wish somebody had told me when I was this age what I know. Anybody in the room? Guess what? You're ready to mentor. That's all you got to have. The Lord has taught you something through your journey with him that you now have to pass on. Let's just take them both off in case I don't think that's it, but we'll just try. It's good to have a handler with you. I just can't sit still. Sorry, Logan. Um, so where was I? We're, we're carrying kids around. Thank you. So if you have ever had the thought, I wish when we were dating, somebody had told us, you know what I mean? Or I wish in our first five years of marriage, somebody had told us about that pothole coming at year seven. And Steve and I have been doing premarital for, gosh, th over 30 years now. So Sarah and Luke, congratulations. You've reached year seven. And we hopefully have helped you avoid the pothole because it's coming. And if you have somebody that's just a few years down the road, they can say, you know what? This is, this is normal. This is how God redeemed our story. Maybe you can avoid that one. We're just helping one another on the journey, see? How we do that? Okay, so I go into this Thursday morning group that we're still meeting after nine years because they've just become my dearest friends, and honestly, I learn more from them than they will ever know. And so I go in one morning, and there's about five women there with me, and my friend Karis says to me, Lori, I had a dream about you last night. And so when Karis Fregi has a dream about you, you I, I pay attention because she has some seriously powerful dreams. I said, okay, tell me about it. She says, well, I dreamed that you wrote a book. And I'm like, oh, Okay. She says, yep, and it was about your mentoring and discipleship. And I said, oh, okay. She goes, no, I have a title. I'm like, okay. She says, it's called Ripples of Heaven. I'm like, wow, well, that's pretty specific. She says, yeah, I think you should do it. And I said, okay, I'll pray about it. She goes, no, 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 you should do it. I said, all right, I promise I will pray about it. So I go home that day. I'm just, I did, I did say to the Lord, Lord, if that's you, I want to be obedient. I, I'm learning to listen to the prophets in my life. Anybody else? I'm learning to listen when God speaks. So I'm just like, okay, if that's you, could you just confirm it? Has anybody else ever done that? <laughs> like, if that's you speaking, could you just confirm that, you know? So I'm thinking, 
that'll probably get me off the hook. So I go home. I'm walking through my kitchen that day, and I just remember that our oldest son, Clay, was walking. He was home that day, and he happened, we happened to be passing each other in the kitchen. So I'm walking this way. I say, hey, Clay. He says, hey, Maja. He says, hey, when are you going to write your book on mentoring and discipleship? I'm sorry. What, what did you just say? He goes, when are you going to write your book on mentoring and discipleship? Like, I need one. And at that time, he was the discipleship pastor down at the Greenwood Vineyard. He's like, I just want something I could hand to people that would inspire them and show them that they can do this, you know? And I'm like, oh, dang. I got to obey. I told him I would. So because God is good and my husband is kind and generous and patient, three years later, we have a book called Ripples of Heaven. And I just wanted to tell you, it wasn't my idea. But I am found the grace of God in doing this because all I did was just tell my stories. And isn't that what we're supposed to do for each other? We're just supposed to tell each other our stories. And so I just began to write my experiences in mentoring and how we make disciples that's so easy that anybody could do it. I wrote about the things that I probably shouldn't have done that I've learned now. Very, very easy to read because they're stories. And then there's some practical how-tos like, well, where do I start? How do you know who? Where would I even begin? What do you do when they don't call you back? You know, that kind of stuff. And so there's practicals in here. And then each of the chapters has a story from one of the many amazing, some of the amazing women that I have had the privilege of mentoring over the last 30 years. And they were so kind to help me write this. And they're giving you their own experience of what, how mentoring has helped them. And then, are you ready for this? How they then now have in turn turned and mentored others. And that is the ripple effect of heaven. That's what Jesus said when he said, go make disciples who will turn around and make disciples who will turn around and make disciples. Are you, that's the ripple effect we're going for here. Right? So as a, a way of honoring, and because I'm in my home church of 27 or 8 years here, I just want to ask, if you help me write this book, would you stand up? If you are one of my girls that helped me write this book. So we got three, four, five, six here, and we got one here, and we got one in the way back. Nancy's home today with Jude. Um, so I am asking them to stand for two reasons. Number one, if you guys have any, like, questions about, I wonder what that would be like to, like, be, like, mentored on a regular basis. Yeah, Stella, Heather, Tara and I have spent some time together, Laura, all these friends of mine that I just get to hang out with. If you have any questions, you could go to any one of these gals and say, so what, did, what is mentoring like? What does it look like? And when you turn around and mentor somebody else, how, how does that work in your life? So you have people now that you can talk to. Some of them will be up here as part of our prayer team today, and you can even ask them to even pray for you if you'd like to do that. You have resources now, okay? Also, this book, you can buy it at, in, in the lobby afterwards. Thanks, guys. Um, Afterwards, Jasmine will be back there, not because we're trying to sell books, but because we really feel like God is using this to equip people. Like, you could do it. And these stories might even inspire you to want to do it. Okay, and the other reason I had them stand is I don't know if you pay any attention, but I want to honor this place, this Vineyard Church, because almost every one of those relationships, with maybe the exception of my niece, we had some kind of a crossroads here at the Vineyard Church. There is some kind of a connection. Why? Because we're a part of a family for 27 years. And we, I'm so thankful to have, to have been in a, this family that allowed me to learn how to do this. When Steve and I came here, you know what we were looking for? We were looking not just for people that were burning, but families that were burning. Because we had two little boys, and we're like, we need help. 
like we just want to we want to run we want to go up this journey up, up the mountain with God but we know we want to run with other families who burn for Jesus and that's what we have found and that's what that's where relationships happen and that's what we're thankful for so I want to honor this place and I want to thank those young ladies for helping me tell their stories too uh, the back of the book, let me just read just, oh, I didn't forgot to read you the byline, the little subtitle here. Ready? Changing the world through mentoring, one discipleship relationship at a time. Just one relationship at a time. And then you watch how it multiplies because of the fire in you, igniting a fire in somebody else who's burning so bright that other people come to them and go, why are you burning? I just love it. This world needs spiritual mothers and fathers. Can I get an amen? This world needs mentors, guys. It's just, you know what mentoring is? It's just like being intentional with a friendship. It's just, it's just saying, I'm going to spend time with you on a consistent basis. I'm going to invest in your life. I'm just going to be there. That's it. Anybody can do that. And honestly, so many people need that. We need it. This world needs you and you online. There is no shortage of information in this world. There is a shortage of loving relationships. Yes? You know, we've got these little devices called phones, and we think that we're very connected to 300 people are my friends. But in reality, we are the most disconnected, lonely generation on the planet. And it's almost a deceiving sort of thing, where we think we're connected because we're sharing our life with everyone, but really... Really, there's a pandemic of loneliness. They've done a study, unfortunately, these mass shootings we've had across the world. And you just look at the, and you think, what could possess someone to actually, you know? And, and then they've done a study, and they, they've found that the top three commonalities of these troubled shooters across the last 10, 12 years, the top three commonalities, you know probably what they are. Isolation, loneliness and a lack of connection or support. Boy, if that's not a wake-up call. You know, 27% of millennials say that they don't have any close friends. 23% of millennials say they have no acquaintances at all. You see, this little device or the Internet, or, I mean, it's not all, it's, it can be used for good things. I'm just saying it may have deceived us a little bit. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me today, Lori, there are people in this room today, and some of us feel so isolated and some of us feel so lonely. And some of us look like we have a lot of people around us, but inside we don't really have any connection. And it takes an intentionality on both the part of the lonely person and the person with eyes to see to say, hey, would you want to just go get some coffee? Do you see the intentional part? It's asking God, who is in my sphere of influence that I could actually, who needs, who needs a friend today? And you see what God would do. I can tell you a lot of stories. Yeah. So if you are one of those that feels that way, you online, I just want the, you to know that the Lord sees you, and he is hearing your cries. He, he knows every one of those prayers that you've prayed. And listen, he has the answer for you, that ache inside of you. And it takes maybe a step of faith today. If you're here, maybe it just takes telling one person. Maybe it's coming up forward and asking for prayer and asking God to connect you to another person. Maybe 
maybe it is just praying and crying and saying, Lord, show me that you are here with me, Holy Spirit, right now. But there is a, an epidemic of loneliness that you and I are equipped to answer the call. That's why we're here. Everywhere I go, I just grab somebody. So, so I may not even know them very well, but, but you can see the ones. Like, who is it at your workplace that you just wonder what they do on the weekends? And you wonder if they spend a little bit too much time on, you know what I'm saying? Like, the people in your neighborhood that actually don't come out of the house very often, you're just like, what do, who are they? You just wonder, you know what I'm saying? So how about if you go knock on the door? Hey, want to go get some ice cream? You know, or want to come over? We're doing, you know. What if we just were just a little bit more intentional about asking God, where are the lonely ones? How today can we take the kingdom? How can I shine my light brightly but do it intentionally so that I come in close enough contact with someone that they catch on fire for Jesus? It's an intentionality piece. And all of us, I'm telling you, there's such joy in it. There's joy. Jesus is our best example. Jesus did not come on the scene and say, hey, I'm teaching over at the synagogue on Saturday. If you all want to come over, I'll meet you there. No, he didn't like toss the Torah to Thomas and say, hey, take some notes and say, hey, when you come back, when I come back into town, we'll get together and have coffee. No. When Jesus wanted to make disciples, he said three of the most powerful words ever to be spoken in relationship. Jesus said it this way. He said three words that actually may be words that could change a person's life. Three words that actually you or somebody in this room today may be longing to hear and you don't even know it. And those three words are, come with me. When Jesus made disciples, he said, come with me. And he invited people into his very life. And then they walked with him, and they traveled with him, and they learned from him. They watched him as he modeled, and then they had an opportunity to try and fail and try again. Jesus invited people into relationship, and that's what he's calling us to do. When, uh, when I get overwhelmed, and I think, man, this is a little bit of a, because some, some of you right now are thinking, I don't know if I can do that. You're feeling a little overwhelmed. Look what Mother Teresa has to say about this. Mother Teresa says, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. God is so good. He showed me that quote after Karis gave me the title of the book. This is what we can do. Your life is a stone. When Jesus was making disciples, look what, look what it says he did. It says that he went up on a mountainside and he called to him those he wanted and they came to him. He appointed 12, designating them apostles, that they might be, what, guys? With him. And that he might send them out then to preach and have authority to drive out demons. See, it's the with of God that's my favorite part. When God wanted us to know how to live this life, he didn't just send 10 commandments or a Bible. He sent his son. He himself came to be with us, to restore relationship with the Father so that we would be with him forever. And until that time, he's like, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come and be with you, and I'm actually going to make my home in you by my spirit so that you are never, ever alone again. And as Melissa Helser says, he, the Holy Spirit has come to swallow up my loneliness forever. And that is the answer for those of you who are feeling that today. He is with you, and you are never alone. Jesus is our best example, but Paul also is a very good example of this in the New Testament. Paul went out, he was teaching everywhere, planting churches, but you know what I love about Paul? He always took somebody with him. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Timothy. Look what he says to Timothy up here. It says that this is a letter from Paul, chosen by the will of God 
to tell others about the life that he has promised through faith in Jesus. I'm writing to Timothy, my dear, what? You hear how he's calling him a son? Because Timothy was his spiritual son. Paul had spent enough time with Timothy that he was able to call him my son. You guys, they say they tell us in Acts chapter 16 that Paul and Silas were going through Lystra and there was a young man there who was highly regarded and well known among the believers. And his name was Timothy. Paul saw Timothy and I believe three things happened because these are three things that usually are part of the when I when and why I mentor people. I believe that number 1, Timothy was highlighted to Paul. That God highlighted Timothy. And then number two, I believe Paul saw in Timothy a hunger. Like Timothy was asking a lot of questions. He just kept hanging around. And number three, I believe that God made a heart connection of some kind. And Paul's like, this guy needs to come with me. And that's how you can know too. Look for those who are highlighted to you by God. You just wonder. And then you look to see who's hungry, who actually shows up. And who has a heart, who's God giving you a heart connection with? That's some little tiny practical tidbits that are in here. Like, God has a plan, and he gives us examples in the New Testament. Going on with Timothy's letter, Paul says, Night and day, I thank God for you, Timothy, my dear son. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Do you hear the relational aspect here? Do you know the whole New Testament is is written because people were in relationship with each other? and writing letters to each other. Going on. I remember your genuine faith, Timothy, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and then your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith continues strong in you, Timothy. This is why I remind you to fan into flames. Fan into flames the spiritual God, the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed, Timothy, to tell others about our Lord. Look what you can learn in this one passage. Paul is reminding Timothy who he is. Why does Paul know who he is? Because they spent so much time together. They spent so much time together that Paul knows that in his younger years, Timothy used to be kind of maybe afraid of talking to people or afraid of the fear of man or something because he's reminding him, Timothy, that's not who you are anymore. Timothy, I know your genuine faith. Timothy, I remember who you are. And Timothy, remember these scriptures that you were given from your mother and your grandmother. Pause right there. If you're a single parent, you need to know Timothy did not have a believing father. Timothy's mother was a believer and his grandmother was a believer, but his dad was Greek. Some of you may think, well, I'm, I just feel like I'm the only voice in my kid's life. Or I'm the only grandparent in my, kid, in my grandkid's life. Listen, one voice. One voice in somebody's life can change the trajectory of their whole life. Do not discount your seeds being sown. He goes on to say, oh, Timothy, that faith that, and those scriptures that they, they, they taught you from a young boy, they're going to be people coming into your churches now, Timothy. Because, see, this is written at the end of Paul's life. And Timothy is now not only been raised up, he's actually overseeing many different churches. So Paul, his papa in the faith, is out here, and he knows it's one of the last letters that Paul wrote. He's writing back to his dear son, don't forget, Timothy. Don't forget God. Don't forget that every word in here is God-breathed. Useful for teaching and rebuking and training in righteousness, Timothy, because people are going to come and say, oh, it's obsolete. Timothy, don't you ever forget. 
Timothy, you can do this. Timothy, you've not been given a spirit of fear. Timothy, I was there when we laid hands on you, remember? And I can say, Sarah, I was there when God spoke to you that day. And I can say, Lindsay, you remember that time that the Holy Spirit came and he touched you? And I can say to you, Jasmine, I was here in this very room right now when you got your very first prophetic word and David and Delana prayed for you right over there in the corner. And you came over to me and said, what just happened to me? What's a prophetic word? Is it like a reading? Do you remember that? Take somebody with you. I just take them with me when I go. When I got to lead a women's conference, I'll say, Nancy, would you come lead worship for me? When I teach, I go to congregations. I love going into the mainline denominations. Can I say that? Yeah. And I, and I can say, because, because everybody's hungry to know who's the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a question out there right now. They want to know who is the Holy Spirit. So I get asked all the time, can you come teach us about the Holy Spirit? I'm like, yes, please. So, so like I can take like this little row right here. One day I took them and we stood up in front and they'd never done this before. I said, we're going to ask God what's the, we have a word for the people in the audience. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you can do it. So we did. Lindsay steps out. I think he's saying this. Just take somebody with you. Wherever you are you going to a worship conference? What are you going to go do? Take somebody with you. You're going to go take a class? You see, you don't have to be the expert. Just take them with you. You want to go learn about prayer? I have a dear friend in this room right now that's teaching me right now about how to intercede. And I need somebody to help me. And I'm so thankful for her. We just bring some friends along. Would you teach us? Teach us. What do you want to learn about? If you want to be mentored, listen, here's my encouragement to you. Find somebody that's burning and go get close to their flame. You see somebody burning? Why, why are they burning? Go find them. Go ask them. You see somebody that's really, uh, really doing well at raising their family? Go bring your kids and say, can we hang out? I wasn't ashamed to do that when Jaden Gooder moved to town. Hi, can I be your friend? <laughs> can I just tell you how thankful I am to have raised my kids? With those little gooder kids. They're gooders. And when we were doing Randy and Jane's daughters and son-in-law's premarital, guess who was doing our son and daughters and laws premarital at the same time? You see how the family works? And then when Johnny and Jay, Jasmine got engaged, my friend Lindsay steps up and says, hey, we can do that. John gives them a call. So I had been helping raise up, Steve and I had been working with Mark and Lindsay, and then Mark and Lindsay are now working with our kids. You see how this works? It's family. Family, being in relationship, raising up others so that they'll then turn and raise up others. It's the way the kingdom works. All right. I, I have just a couple stories for you. Um, I don't even know. Yeah. So... So 20, no, 30, 35 years ago, I have to do my math, 30, 34 years ago, I was a music teacher in Carmel, and I, my favorite thing, though, was that I got to be in Campus Life and help lead this little Campus Life meeting that was before school where we gave them donuts and played games and talked about Jesus. And then they would go from there, and they'd go to class. Okay, so I'm doing Campus Life, and I'm over at Carmel Junior High, and I notice that there's these two girls, especially, they just hang around afterwards, like they just won't go to class. So I'm having to write them notes and, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, okay, so finally I said to them, would you guys like to meet at a different time, and we could talk about all these things? Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, would you like to maybe do a Bible study while we do? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, what do you want to study? Revelation. 
I've always wanted to study Revelation. I'm like, okay, great. So we began to meet. Well, the only place we could find to meet before school so that I could drive them to their various schools was this little boiler room in this little friend's church in Carmel, Indiana. They gave me a key to their back room. It was literally a boiler room. And it was real dark and dank, and we're studying the book of Revelation at 7 a.m. in the morning. We did it for about a year, and we stayed in touch. That young lady, one of those young ladies' name was Amanda. Her best friend was named Heather. Heather Van Benthuizen, all the you know her as Jessie. And she's now the children's director at your church. 34 years ago. I love you, Heather. And I'm proud of you. About 17 or 18 years ago, I was leaving rehearsal. We were over at the other building at the vineyard. And, we, and I was leaving rehearsal late one night, and there were these three young ladies in, a, in the office. And I could hear that one was crying. And the other two were comforting her. Some of you have heard the story, but bear with me. And so the one's like, Nancy, it's going to be okay. And Sarah's like, we're for you. And I come in, and Aaron goes, Miss Lori, it's just not fair. And I said, they're in seventh grade, okay, so whiny voices. I said, I said, what's going on, girls? She, she said this, and then that. And then I'm, I said, okay, can we just maybe take a look and see what maybe God would say about it? Let's pray about it. Maybe we could just ask him how to handle this situation. Okay. So we did. And we looked up a scripture. And then Sarah goes, that's so good. That reminds me of that, that Ephesians scripture. And so we looked that one up. That's so good. And then we prayed about it. And then we got done. And they're like, this is so much better. They're like, wait a minute. I said, what? Miss Lori, it's almost like God is talking to us. I said, I think he is. And then they said, could we do this again next week? I said, sure. <laughs> Twist my arm, meet with young ladies and talk to about, about the word of God and pray for each other about how it applies to your life. Uh, sign me up. So we met the next week, and then we met the next week, and that was 18 years ago, and we have not stopped meeting. Because God has made them daughters of my heart. And I'm, I'm learning now more from them than they have ever learned from me. Because they're married and have children and we got to do some of their premarital and we went through the dating. Are you with me? We just need some spiritual mothers and fathers. When our sons, when Clay and John were growing up, I, I, we went to Brian Beeson and said, could you, how, what do you think about mentoring our son? Do you see, we're like, we just, we need each other. When Johnny was over at Horizon, his youth pastor took him under his wing. I'm so thankful. We need the family of God. Yes? Yeah. My very, very favorite form of mentoring in closing today is being a parent. If you're a parent, you're a mentor. You may not have signed up, but you are. They're watching everything that you do. Everything that you do is either mentoring them towards the kingdom or towards the world. And I'm not telling you that is like to scare you. I'm just saying you get, it, you get the opportunity every day to mentor them towards the kingdom. And can I just remind you, you have a window of opportunity. And it will go very fast. About uh, 2020, our, friend, our, our son, John, had a very dear friend who lost his father. Um, and so th some of the guys around John are like, we're going to go to the funeral. So they're getting ready to make this, like, I don't know, 10 or 12-hour drive. Do you remember Missouri or Oklahoma or something? So I'm like, we're like, that's great. You go and go to the funeral with your friend, right? And about two or three hours before they were supposed to leave, Mama Bear Lori finds out that all the other boys backed out. And so John's going to go by himself. And so I did what every parent should never do. I began to text, what in the world are you thinking? Because that's 10 or 12 hours by yourself overnight. You're only going to be there for two hours and then turn around and come home. What are you? And right as I'm getting ready to send this paranoid, you know, whacked out mama text message, the Holy Spirit says stop. 
Lori, do you know why he's going to go to the funeral? And I said, well, because he's a good friend. Yeah, but Lori, what did his daddy do about three years ago when his friend's dad died? I said, oh, crap. His daddy went and got on an airplane, and he flew to New York City. He drove through the traffic, and he went to a one-hour service. He gave his friend a hug who didn't know Jesus yet, and he told him that he loved him, and then he got back on the plane and drove through the city, got back on the plane, and got home really late that night. The Holy Spirit said to me, Lori, your son has been mentored by his daddy. Don't stop it. They are watching everything that we do. And if you're a grandparent, it's the same thing. And if you're an aunt or an uncle, it can be the same thing. And if, you're, and if you don't have your own children, but you've adopted 300 like Sean Israel, do not underestimate your influence in their life. Two years ago, something happened that rocked Steve and I's world, like rocked us. We became grandparents. And now we've got little Millie Kate, and we've got, she's two, almost three, and little Oliver's 10 months, and then we got a bun in the oven coming with Johnny and Jasmine, and we're like just praising God left and right. Steve and I cried just about every day because we're so happy, and it's just such a blessing. Now, again, if you don't have natural kids, you can become a spiritual grandparent at any moment. Ask the Lord. Okay? But now, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, not only do I only have a window of time, I'm incredibly much more intentional about my window of time. And I really want Millie Kate to know that the word of God is going to be the thing that's going to help guide her through life. Yep. So, Millie Kate, what do we do in the mornings? We get our Bibles, and do we read, Millie Kate? We get our Bibles out, and we read our Bibles, don't we? And you have yours, and I have mine, and boy, do we read. And then when she comes in the kitchen, I say, Millie Kate, we're going to turn on the music. And we always do raise a hallelujah, just like we did this morning. Because we don't just do it on Sunday mornings, we do it in the kitchen. And then we have a dance party, and we make Pappy get up and dance with us, and we just dance all the way through the kitchen. Because we're going to do it for Jesus. You have an opportunity. I really want them to know. See, Deuteronomy 6 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Impress these things upon your children. Talk about them when you walk along the road and when you lie down at night. Pr uh, print them on the doorposts of your home. Are you with me? <laughs> All the time. It's part of everything that we do. Let's close with Psalm 78. Psalm 78 says this, oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to hear what I'm saying, and I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories that we have heard and known, stories, everybody say stories, that our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation. Can you just say that line with me? We will tell the next generation. Now, I want to say it again. And this time, I would like for you to say it as a prophecy. Like, I'd like for you to declare it into the atmosphere right now over your own life and over this church and over the community. Let's say it together again. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord and about his power and his mighty wonders. This is how it works. This is how it gets passed down or the baton doesn't get passed down. I'm going to go on and just read a little bit more. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so that the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn 
will teach their own children like ripples of heaven so that each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. You guys, not only are we supposed to pass on the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how God is alive in the Bible, we are to pass on your stories of how God is alive in your story. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, when they were told their stories, it was like, hey, your great-grandfather Moses, let me tell you about this sea that got in his way one day. You're not going to believe this story. And they passed them down. But you see, in order for my Millie Kate to know that God is real, she needs to know that she's, he's real in the Orender family. So I'm going to say, hey, little Millie, did you know that you had a great, 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 that's three, let's count them, one, two, three, great, great, great grandfather who he was a teacher at, at Taylor University, but on the weekends, Millie, he would go get on a train, and he would take the choo-choo train all the way, choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo, you have to speak their language, right? You have to take it all the way up to Chicago, and then he would be on the Moody Bible Hour, and he would be on this radio show. A radio is a little box, and it had, no, never mind. And he would proclaim the word, the word of Jesus because he wanted everybody to know how much Jesus loved them. That's how much he loved them. And then he'd get back on the train. And he'd come back to Taylor University. And then they'd get up and go to church the next morning. Millie Kate, you need to know that that's how much your great, 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 great grandfather loved Jesus. And you need to know that your great, great grandfather, too. One, two. He loved Jesus so much that the day he was so sick with an ulcer that he thought he was going to die. And he wasn't able to even take care of his family anymore. He said, Lord, would you heal me? And the Lord healed him. Millie, did you know that God still heals people today? Millie, we can pray for Jude this morning, and we're going to pray right now. Jude, would, your, would we just say fever go away in Jesus' name? Yeah, we can pray for people, and those fevers go. Millie, you need to know that when your pappy started his business, we didn't have any money, and we didn't have anybody helping us. And Daddy just asked two people from this church to come alongside and pray for him and be his partners in crime. And the Lord came, and they, they had three people, and then they had six, and then they had 30. And then they ended up seven years later with 120 people, and God was using that Pappy's business in the city. And Millie, you know what we used to do? We used to go to the, the business, and we'd go in the front door, and we'd anoint every doorway with the oil of the Holy Spirit. And we'd ask the Spirit's presence to come and bless every single person that was in that company. Millie, you need to know what God can do when you ask him to do those things. Millie, you need to know about that one night that your mama and your Aunt Jasmine and I went to this huge church service. There was like 500 people there. That's a lot. And, and there were friends we had there. The Carpenters were there, and the Frazies were there, and the Frigies were there. All these people that we knew were there. But 500 people. And the prophet came to town, Millie. And there up front, at the front of the church, this prophet says, is there a Jasmine in the audience? And your Aunt Jasmine stood up. And then the prophet said, I see the letters J-E-R. Does that mean anything to you? She goes, those are my initials. And then this, you know how he knows this? He's a prophet. You know what prophet means, Millie? It means that he hears from God and then he tells other people God's love. And then Millie, the prophet says to your Aunt Jasmine, Jasmine, the Lord loves your yes. And then he goes, wait a minute. Have you said a recent yes? And Jasmine says, I just got engaged last week. And the prophet says, congratulations, Jasmine. And then the prophet says, I'm hearing John the Beloved. And she goes, that's my fiance's name. And he goes, oh, Jasmine, the Lord is saying he's a good man. He's a really good man. And then, Millie, your mama and me, we were crying on the floor. And you know how he, you know, he, you know the prophet didn't know your Aunt 
Jasmine. Do you know how he knew all that stuff, Millie? Because God told him. And let me tell you another part of the story that nobody else knows. While we were driving to this place, Aunt Jasmine was praying. And she was talking to the Lord about some of her fears. And sometimes we get afraid. And she said to the Lord, should I have said yes? Did I pick the right guy? Are we supposed to get married now? Did I make a mistake? Do you know what this means, Millie? This means I really need you to know that when you ask the Lord a question, he hears you. And he will answer you, Millie. And he may talk through a prophet. And there may be 500 people or may just be you in your closet. But the Lord will answer you when you ask because our God is alive, Millie. And you need to know his miraculous deeds and wonders so that you will always put your faith in him. And you will never forget who he is. We need to pass on our stories, people. We need to tell them. Right now, you may be thinking of some stories in your family. Hey, I should tell them that. And some of you may be thinking, well, I didn't have a Christian background. That doesn't mean Christ wasn't in your background. It just means you may need to look a little bit closer and go, oh, I can see how God did that and that, even though my grandfather didn't even know that was happening. Ask the Lord. Write down your stories. Pass them on. And if you don't have any natural kids, go adopt some because that's what Jesus did. Are you with me? All right. Here's what we're going to do. If you have been stirred at all today to say, I think I want to give my life away, and that's what this is, guys. It's just laying down your life for your friends. But if there's anything stirring in you that you're saying, I think I need somebody in my life to mentor me, or I think I would like to step out and just take somebody with me and be a mentor. If that's stirring in you, that we're not signing up for anything, but if it's stirring in you, then I'd just like to pray over you, and so I'd like to invite you to stand right now. If there's something stirring in you that says, I want to take a next step towards mentoring, I want to take a next step towards inviting somebody to come with me when I go places. I'm just going to be a little bit more intentional about inviting people to be in my life. I just may invite somebody over for dinner this week. Yeah, if it's stirring in you at all, let me just pray for you. We just want an increase of the Lord's heart uh-huh. Yep. Yep. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, God, that you are here and that you are stirring in our hearts. And that, Lord, it's your heart. The, you are the one who left 99 to go find the one who was lost and lonely and afraid. The one who was out there and pray for the enemy because you wanted to protect and bring that one back to the flock. So, Lord, I pray right now that you would awaken our hearts to all of us in this room who are the lost sheep of Israel? Who are the lost ones that have gone out and are lost and alone? And they're actually very isolated and they are prey for the enemy. Lord, right now, would you just drop names into our, into our hearts and, and, and faces, drop faces into our minds. Holy Spirit, speak to your people. Right now, he's showing you some people that you might just want to pursue or at least check it out. Right now, he's giving you ideas of people in your life that, you, you know what, why don't you just like maybe get to know them just a little bit better. This is not committing you to anything. Just get to know them. He's giving you ideas. He may even be revealing to you right now that somebody who has been isolated and feeling so alone. So, Lord, we thank you that you are speaking to your people right now. And so right now, I just ask, Holy Spirit, for those who are being, they feel that loneliness right now, I pray right now that you would connect them with another person and you would give them courage today to take one step, to tell somebody, this is where I am, to take one step to say, hey, I'd like to learn more about your life. Could I ask you some questions? I pray right now for a grace and a courage to come to step into a relationship. And so I'm going to ask right now for an empowerment and even just a mantle of mentoring to come upon you guys, okay? So Holy Spirit, 
Would you come now? Come, baptize us again with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I'm asking as you have given me a mantle to carry for mentoring and discipleship, I'm just now saying, be mantled. Holy Spirit, come. Receive the call of mentoring. Receive the call. Receive the Lord's heart. Oh, the heart. he's pouring out his heart right now. He's giving you his heart to love others as he has loved you. He's giving you his heart and his eyes to see people as only God can see them. He's giving you a joy. Right now you're feeling joy bubble up like, I could do that. I, could, I think I want to talk to that person. Right now there's joy bubbling up because to give your life away is to know the abundant life that Jesus has for us. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the joy of laying down our lives. We thank you for the joy that comes when we love as you have loved us. And I just pray right now, bless these ones with a mantle of mentoring and discipleship that they might go forth in joy and just say three words, hey, you want to come with me? And we thank you, Lord, in your name, amen. Amen. Prayer team, you can come on up. If you guys have any questions, you want prayer for any of anything that we've talked about today. And, of course, we're at the vineyard. So if you need prayer for healing, you need prayer for just guidance or anything that you need of God today, he is here. And he is the good shepherd. And he has what we need. I just bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are free to go. In Jesus' name.